Welcome to Sausage on a Fork, a podcast dedicated to the UK's longest-running children's drama programme, Strange Hill. My name's Neil, and in each episode, I'll interview a former cast member about their life before, during and after their time on the programme. The world of Grange Hill was shocked and saddened this week when we heard the news that Stuart Organ had passed away. Stuart played Mr Peter Robson from series 11 to series 26 of Grange Hill and was Grange Hill's longest serving cast member, appearing in 265 episodes. The next episode of Sausage on a Fork will be a tribute to Stuart and will feature interviews and messages from his fellow cast members. Our thoughts are with his family and friends at this sad time. Okay, welcome to the latest episode of Sasha John of And I am absolutely delighted to say that I have been joined by none other than Michael Obiore, who played Max Abbasi. Michael, welcome to Sasha John of Hey, let's hear it for Michael Obiore. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm actually applauding you because you should be very proud that you pronounced my, my, my surname correctly. Thank you very um, much. I mean, you know, it was first heard, you know, over 30 years ago, <laughs> since I'm such a veteran. I don't really know what's wrong with people. Um, <laughs> but yeah, good job. No, happy to be here. Thank you. Thank you so much. So what we'll do, Michael, is we'll start the way we start every episode. And if you can tell us how you first got into acting. <laughs> I first got into acting because I grew up idolizing Michael Jackson. Right. Um, wow. And um, I'm, he was my absolute, I mean, I'll never forget the first time I ever saw an image of him on screen was, um, I probably was about maybe five or six. Uh-huh. And it was an image of the Bad World Tour. So um, that was a, that must have been a few years prior because I was about six, I was born in 86. So um, I remember seeing, seeing a VHS of it. And actually, I didn't know whether Michael Jackson was male or female. I didn't know what that was. Right. I'm being told, I just I saw this image and I saw the moves. I saw the adulation. It was actually it was a mix of the adulation and also the fact that I didn't know what that was. I'd never right. seen. I didn't. I didn't. I mean, <laughs> I genuinely didn't know. And um, I couldn't believe the effect that he, when I came yeah. to learn it was a he, had on people. Yeah. And I just said, I want. I I just want to know more about that. Um, and I just became absolutely obsessed with him. And um, we went to Nigeria, where my parents are from, um, when, when I was about six. So I think that was the second time I'd been there. So around, around the time I first, uh, you know, got introduced to Michael Jackson. And I remember there was a village concert going on. Um, and the tradition is, when you dance, uh, the people, the, the audience, the revelers, they stick money to your sweat to show their appreciation. Right. So, and I was watching this happen. And my uncle dared my sister to go on stage she said no way <laughs> and I heard him dare her he didn't even have to dare me I ran <laughs> to the stage and I was a really really chubby you know kid I ran towards the stage and I started dancing and I, I don't know if I was good I don't know anything all I know is that I had loads of money stuck to my body <laughs> I had loads of money around my feet and I just it was the happiest I had ever felt I felt truly comfortable uh-huh. And um, I, I remember with the money I bought all the kids Ribena, wow. <laughs> <laughs> because because um, you know it, we're from a poor poor part yeah. of Nigeria, uh-huh. and um, 
So it was a big deal and they were so happy. And I thought, wow, so you can do this performance thing, get rewarded for it, and in turn kind of pay it forward sort of thing. Yeah. And it was amazing. It was amazing. I remember there was we didn't have a fridge or something. I remember the Ribena ended up being really warm. Right. And um, but everybody was so happy. And my mum said to me, when we get back to the UK, when we get back to London, I'll put you in drama lessons. And she did. Wow. Yeah. Brilliant. So I remember being in drama lessons from seven years old. And um Yeah, and by the time I was nine, I was on Grange. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. So you were nine years old when you got the part. Yeah. That, that's like that's pretty incredible. You must have been the, the youngest ever to have been on. I remember I was always told I was the youngest. Um, wow. Sometimes I've gone back and said to myself, let me see if I can do the timeline. Was I nine? Was I ten? Was I, you know, what was it? But I, I, I'm pretty sure I was nine. Right. I remember the audition process went on for ages. I mean, when you're that age, uh, a week seems like a year. So, but I remember there were many auditions and I, the whole process was from nine to 10 years old or something, right. something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, from being in Nigeria, dancing in the village to being on screen with Grain Chill, it really yeah. did sort of just happen. I mean, I, I knew from that moment on stage in Nigeria, I needed to do this. I really needed to do this. Um, I was, I, I'd never been more sure about anything. I, in fact, I've never been more sure since then. Since then, wow. I've never been, I've never been certain about anything since then. Then that was the only time I can say I was certain about something, honestly. Wow. Um, yeah, it was nice. It was a very big learning experience. It's a gift and a curse, but um, yeah. yeah, it was amazing. <laughs> and, uh, and so you said you went to drama lessons. Did you go to like stage school or was it just sort of like a, The first ever stage school I went to was, I was too young. Right. I, I remember them telling me you're too young or something for the stage school I wanted to go to. I remember I went to Anna Scher uh -huh. and they had some sort of summer, summer camp because right. I was too young to join it full time or something. Uh -huh. And I think there was a summer camp where um, it lasted for a few weeks and then the winner gets some sort of, I don't know, passed to join the next year or something right. I, i remember either being all i know is i didn't get it i right. either was too young or i didn't win or what, whatever i remember there was this girl she was a little bit older maybe she was about 11 or something and she was incredible i remember looking at this girl i've got a vague like sort of vivid vivid image of her in my head and i just mm. remember thinking she's incredible yeah. she's just, just something else. so i need to kind of know that that's the level um But, uh, and then in terms of when I actually started drama lessons, I started one around the corner from where I lived at the time in Edgware in North London. And um, I think it was called Crystal Arts or Great. something. And I went there and I remember being pulled to the side by the teacher and he said to me, Michael, you're really, really talented. I said, thank you. He said, you need you need to join a place that has an agency because mm. I don't think this is something you're doing recreationally. Right. Um, I told my dad, and my dad spoke, and I think a few weeks later, I moved on to another place, and that place was called Sharon Harris, right. and that was in Wembley. And that was a place I went to every Thursday. Mm -hmm. um, So it wasn't like, a, you know, Italia Conti or Anisha, you could go weekly or on a weekend. Right. Uh, and Anisha and Italia Conti also 
was a full-time school too. I didn't go to a full-time school. I went to Sharon Harris once a week mm-hmm. uh, and I went to a normal normal school. At the time, I was still in primary school yeah. and I actually also went to a normal secondary school too. So right. I was living parallel parallel yeah. lives, really. Brilliant. Okay. So you said, you know, about the audition, it went on for AIDS and stuff, and you got the parts of Max. Mm. And were you a fan of Grange Hill? I, I was a fan of Macaulay Culkin. Right, from, okay. From Home Alone. Yeah. I, I think by the time I joined Grange Hill, which was probably 1996 or something. Yeah, uh, well, it went on 98, so it would have been early 97, yeah. I imagine. Yeah, so, so, so around that time. Yeah. It wasn't, what, it wasn't what it was in terms of, you know, Tucker Jenkins was, is the biggest yeah. character that's ever been on the show. But that was 20, 30 years yeah. prior <laughs> to when I, you know, so since then, there'd been that, there'd been Sean Maguire and uh, John Alford, yeah. I think. John Alford, yeah, them, them guys. So it was still big. It was big, but it wasn't, by the time I joined it, I think MTV, the American stuff was permeating a little bit more. Uh-huh. Uh, into well, worldwide, but into the UK a little bit more. Sky, yeah. you know, you're yeah. watching Sky shows, Nickelodeon, all that type of stuff. So I always saw Grainchill as a kind of UK Saved by the Bell. Yeah. So it was that kind of thing. It was big, but I yeah. I don't remember ever thinking, oh my God, I really want to be in Grainchill. I, right. I think I wanted to be, I wanted to be a star. I wanted uh-huh. to be an actor. I wanted to be something like Michael Jackson. I wanted to be, I just wanted to be a performer. Um, yeah. yeah, so I definitely it's not that I to say I was aware of Grainshaw would be would be playing it down too much. It was big, but yeah. I think that by the time I got to it, you <laughs> and maybe it was just me, but it was more of a worldwide kind of idea I had in my head. Right, I get you know it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Okay, so like you say, you you were you were nine years old when you you first got the part of Max, and then. Your first series was series 21, as I say. It went yeah. on air in, in 1998. And it was weird the way series 21 started because it didn't start the normal way every other series did with, like, you know, here's the kids on their first day at school and, and doing stuff like that. There was a uh, caveman day. I remember. It it remember right? So, yeah. Because, you know what? I actually, I actually auditioned for uh, Ian Hudson's part. Oh, John, right, okay. John Hudson's part. John Hudson's yeah. part. The capital was called Ian, right? Ian, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I wow. auditioned for that part. And um, I I remember always thinking, because he was a bully. Yeah. And I remember thinking, he was horrible. <laughs> okay, I, mean, I was fat. I was quite cute. I don't know. If I <laughs> I don't, do you know what I mean? But I remember I kept getting through to the, to the next rounds, to the next rounds. Yeah. And I think they gave me the script of Max, and they said, I, I, I think I ad-libbed something. I, right. I don't know. Or maybe I mistakenly said one of Max's lines. Uh-huh. And then, I don't know if it was Stephen Andrews or, or one of the big, the adults in there. Everybody seems like they're 100 years old. Yeah. And they were like, hey, no, actually, why don't you? And I and I don't know if I liked that idea that much, but I just right. did it. I just just went with it. Um, and then I then I got Max instead. Maybe there were at least four auditions, maybe right. five. And I remember my dad took me to all the auditions. And I remember when, when I, I remember the final audition, my dad had a heart attack. 
wow. at, at BBC L Street Studios. Oh, no way. I'm nine. I didn't know what was happening. He sat down. So we'd, we'd done the audition. Everything's done. He sat down, I don't know, on, on a wall or something. And he was just, just really still holding his chest. I'm nine. I'm looking at him. And I asked him if he's okay. He couldn't really speak. And he was just sitting there. I'm just, I don't, I'm nine. I don't know what to do. Wow. So then this lady walks by. Now, I don't remember this lady's name, but I guarantee you, you know her face. She was a really famous newsreader. Really, really famous. As soon as I saw her, I knew she was from the news. She had short hair. And then she was, she looked and she, she came running over. She was like, oh, oh my God, are you okay? Sort of thing. And I just explained to her what happened. Ambulance came. <laughs> We're in Barnet General Hospital. I remember. It was crazy. And wow. the, I don't think there were mobile phones then. Right. So I remember having to get 10, somebody gave me 10p. I had to phone my mom from a phone box. She came to the hospital. It was crazy. Yeah. And I remember, I remember sitting, we didn't have a car. So it took them 10 years to get to the hospital. And, and I remember sitting down in the waiting room. They didn't want me to be in the room with my dad or something. And mm -hmm. I, was watching, I was watching the bodyguard. On the, on, the, on the TV. I'll just never forget it. Just never forget it. Yeah. I was watching The Bodyguard. And I remember saying, it was just, can you imagine just the emotions going through my head? So I've done the fourth or fifth audition. I'm nine years old. My dad's having a heart attack. We're in the hospital. I'm watching um, The Bodyguard. And I'm thinking, well, I hope my dad doesn't die. Oh, my God. Whitney Houston is the most beautiful thing I've ever <laughs> seen in my life. Oh, my God. I want to be in this film. Yeah. Oh, my God. I want to be an actor. Oh, I've just done this audition. I better get this part. Oh, I better get it now. My dad's had an audition. You know, it was it was it was really crazy. Yeah, and it really did into my chemistry because there are parts of of that behavior that I still carry to this day. Yeah, it rem it, it let me know how important being an actor was to me from such an early age. It's a very very strange thing, and for years I had regret about that. I have I had regret for years about the the order of my thoughts uh -huh. the fact that i wasn't so i don't know crestfalling and devastating and not thinking about anything else apart from my dad's health yeah. i mean i was only nine how emotionally mature can you be you can't be no. but I, I i will never forget that experience but i took it in my stride i was like this is you know something that's happening along the way and i must get this part yeah well, kids tend to deal with things better than adults do don't they Absolutely. Okay, brilliant. Yeah. Okay. So like, so, so that, that, that's incredible. So no. I, 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 as we've said there, um, it was Caveman Day. Um, mm. <laughs> and Max at first, I thought, he's going to be a bit of a know-all, this kid, because he's trying to like, every time someone says something, he's trying to like sort of contradict them. And, put, yeah. and there's a bit where he's looking at the map for where they are in the middle of the woods. One of the teachers comes over and, just turns the map around because he's looking at the map upside, upside down. down. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then we see he's, he's there with Mr. Grizzly and, and a few others, and he's building a shelter. Yeah. And he, yeah. He's, he's got his own plans for a shelter. And he says, this 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 will be much better. And Mr. Blibley says, yeah, that would be much better if we were in the snow because you've got the plans for an igloo there. And then we see Mr. Hankins trying to light a fire. You know what? I was I was waiting for you to mention Mr. Hankins because that is 
he is exactly who I remember from that day. Right. I remember, and I remember him just being really, 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 really nice to us. I think he used to do magic or right. something. Like, I think in between scenes, he would do magic or something. I just remember him being a really, really sweet guy. And, and, I, and I remember recognizing him as well. Yeah. I remember seeing him and thinking, oh, yeah, I, I know him. Yeah. You know, Mr. Robson, um, Sally, Sally Gergen. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, those 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 guys. Brilliant, <laughs> brilliant. So then we see Mr. Duncan trying to light a fire by rubbing sticks together, and Max just wanted to use matches to light the fire instead. But he was annoyed that everyone else managed to do it, but Max didn't. And like I say, you just I I, I got this impression that he was going to be a bit of a know all, and I'm glad that he wasn't in the end. You know what I mean? I'm I'm glad that that he wasn't. Where was that film? Can you remember that? Like, it was filmed. I think it was somewhere somewhere in Hertfordshire. Right. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Um, it seemed so far when we were kids. It's yeah. like, where are we going? On this yeah. bus. And was um, it like, was it daily daily shoots or did you stay over somewhere? Over oh, no, 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 no. Went right. home every day. Yeah, daily right. shoots. Yeah, went home every day. Cool. Cool. Um, and there's a bit, another bit where, because they were all, they were either gatherers or they were settlers or they were hunters and they all swapped around. There's a bit where the, there's a hunter and, Adam thought that he heard something in the bushes mm -hmm. and he throws something. He throws a rock into the I bushes. I remember. <laughs> which, yeah. which, which hit Max. <laughs> yeah, I remember. Ah, you know what? Now I actually even remember the scene. I remember. I remember. So that was uh, Adam played by Sam Bardens. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Through the thing. Yeah, I remember. I was wearing a bandana. Oh, yeah. I remember it well. I remember it well. I remember lots about that day. That day, do you know that day when we filmed or that that storyline? So I was, again, nine or ten. It was the first time ever away from the acting. I yeah. asked a girl out. I asked a girl to be my girlfriend. Wow. I remember. Are, are, are you, you going to tell us who that was? Yeah. <laughs> she, was, she was an extra. Ah, she right. Was, yeah. She was an extra. And um, she um, she said, she said, oh, sorry, I've got a boyfriend. She said, sorry, I've got a boyfriend. And her friend said, no, you haven't. <laughs> and then she elbowed her friend and went, shut up. <laughs> I was devastated. Oh. I, I, I was so crushed. I didn't know what to do. Yeah. I, did, like, I, I was, it ruined my week. <laughs> <laughs> it really did. <laughs> well, do you know what? That's, that sort of, Similar thing happens uh, just a little bit further on in that scene because Max walks out and he sees Sean on her own. Remember Sean played by Tilly? Tilly! Tilly, yeah. Tilly. Um, and he sees her and he just waves and says hi and she just rolls her eyes and mm -hmm. walks off on him. So not, nothing happened there like either. Yeah, <laughs> I remember we for that first week or first block, I remember me and Tilly shared a car for a little while because we right. looked quite near each other. And we got on so well. We were friends. Yeah, yeah. she was my friend. Yeah, Brilliant. yeah, yeah. Because she only did the one series, didn't she? She only did the well. one series. I couldn't yeah. believe it. I couldn't believe it. I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> oh, no, my, par my parents want me to focus on my studies. I was devastated. She was fine, though. I remember yeah. she was like, well, yeah, cool. It's been fun. <laughs> uh, and, and also, the other thing that was happening around in, in the woods was he thought he'd seen a wolf. Mm -hmm. If you remember that, they thought the he'd be seen the beast of The beast of Goodman Moor. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I remember that. It was Zoe thought was convinced she'd seen the wolf, and Max was saying, "Well, how come no one else has seen it?" And this is the, mm. the first sort of thing that we're 
we really like sort of to do with Max's character because Zoe says to him, "Well, she made the comment about him squinting all the time. You know what? The, I'm surprised you can see anything with the amount that you that you squint." And he, Max said, "Well, are you saying that I need glasses?" And Sean said, "No, more like a white stick." <laughs> <laughs> and it turned out that the wolf was a dog that. Adam had collected when he was in the woods and had managed somehow to get back to the school. Yeah, <laughs> yeah somehow. <laughs> and the other thing where Mac, uh, Adam's looking after the puppy, the, the dog, and the dog has puppies in one of the one of the buildings on the school. It was like a shed. Mm-hmm. And Zoe was convinced that there was a, a wolf on site and she was taking people uh, to see it. And when they get to the shed, the dog is gone because Adam had managed to smuggle the the dog out with the puppies. So Max and the others then didn't believe Zoe at all that there'd been a dog and they were saying, oh, there must have been a ghost dog. So I don't know if you remember this. I do. <laughs> that they decide to have a seance. Yeah, um, I remember. Now, that's something that every kid must have done at some point <laughs> in their life is said that they've had a seance or held some kind of <laughs> seance type thing. But then they change it to a seance to Sean's grand. And while they're there, a window slams shut and they all screamed and Mr. Robson suddenly appears. <laughs> he goes, I remember we were saying something like, is there anybody there? Yeah. <laughs> he goes, there most certainly yeah, is. Yeah. I- on, this is crazy. You know, it's amazing to me how much I remember. When you're telling me this, I'm like, yeah, 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 absolutely. Brilliant. Oh, it's great. And I remember it was really cool. I, I don't think we were allowed to shoot at night. Maybe, I can't, but I remember they blacked out the windows. Right. To make it like it was a night shoot. And maybe we were filming in the winter, so it got darker earlier. So when we had to yeah. do some of the exterior. But yeah, that was great. So fun. Brilliant. And then the next day, they all ended up in Mr. Robson's office. Now, everyone says when... When they were filming Grangeville and they ended up in the head teacher's office, quite often you felt like you were actually genuinely <laughs> in the head teacher's office, yeah, <laughs> getting a telling off. And for, fortunately for the kids, um, Mr. Robson got a phone call about Adam and he had to leave. So we, we, we never really sort of found out the extent of the, the trouble that they got into. And in, in, in that year group, there was a, you know, a few lads, but the, the, the sort of first real friendship that Max tended to have was with Adam, mm-hmm. especially when Mr. Jones was being audible to, yeah. um, to Adam. And it was Max that sort of went and made sure that Adam was okay. And Adam then found a pair of glasses and, mm-hmm. and, said, and, and then gave them to Max. Um, and Max then invited Adam to his house. After mm-hmm. school, which was actually Max lived in a, a guest house, a hotel. Do you know what? I don't remember that. Yeah, so I live in the guest house? yeah, so his dad owned a owned a, a guest house or a hotel, because um, it's it's mentioned again in a couple of series later. It's on like a road, and it's all sorts of different guest houses. Mm. And so he's playing pool with his mates. Ah, yes, I remember. <laughs> yes, did we do a bet? We did a bet, and fifty uh, p or something. We did a fifty. Yeah. Yeah, I remember. So they're, they're playing for that, and then yes, they're playing pool, and in they then decide to start playing baseball indoors, <laughs> as kids do, by using a pool cue and a pool ball. Which straight <laughs> away, you're like, boys, what are you doing here? This, this is only going to go one way, isn't it? You know, 
it's only going to go a grain jill way. <laughs> and Adam accidentally smashed glass cabinet in the house and walked out with Max calling him a coward and telling him not not to come back. Don't come uh, back. And then again, the the, the glasses story again. Max is squinting at the board, and Mister Hankins asking him if he needs glasses. And Adam then says, "Well, you've got glasses. Why aren't you wearing them?" So Mr. Hankin tells him to put them on because Max was annoyed then with Adam because he was trying to get away with it. He was trying to, you know, in high school, give himself a new start and try and do without the glasses. But then Ian Hudson found out that the lads had been round to Max's house and he hadn't been invited. So he wasn't happy with Max. And he and he never liked, he didn't really like Adam to start with anyway. So... He used to call him Wolf Boy, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, he was, he was horrible. <laughs> Audible to him. So what Ian did was he knocked Max's glasses onto the floor. I don't know if you remember that. And stood on the lens and broke them and told him that Adam had done it and he should yeah, yeah. let him get away with it. Yeah. So Max then pushes Adam mm-hmm. to the floor. Adam just gets up and walks off. You know, you know, like I always ask people like this, when you're doing it wasn't a fight scene as such. But certainly with a push and a shove and, and he falls to the floor. Do you, you rehearse those scenes much? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, we rehearsed it. I, I remember we had we had uh, those crash mats down. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, it was it was really, really safe. You know what? Honestly, I I I look back and and one of the things I remember the most is just feeling looked after. Right. I felt re- I felt I felt safe at all times yeah. during during my time in Grange Hall. Honestly, it was Brilliant. it was it's it was the best period of my life, probably. Yeah. Wow. Just, just you know, you're happy, you're young, you are, you are pretty unburdened, uh-huh. and we were just. It was like the best boot camp ever. <laughs> right. While I yeah. was there, it's hard to navigate that in real life. Yeah. Very, very hard, and um, I don't know. I don't know that everybody did. Right. Um, I, I wouldn't. I'm a dad now. I wouldn't want my my daughter to be a child star no way right um, right but um but i did feel really really looked after yeah brilliant brilliant okay so was there anyone that you you're saying that you felt looked after was there anyone that you were sort of really really close to you mentioned yeah. silly already like so yeah i would say my best friends on the show were jessica stavely taylor yeah she played leah yeah so she, she came in Later, she a bit did, later on, yeah. A bit later, maybe yeah. a year or two after I joined. Uh-huh. She was my best friend. Right. She was wow. my best friend. And, and you know, that's another thing I look back on with Grain Chill. You know, you you could have a best friend that was a girl. Yeah. You know, you could... We didn't think of much, you know. I, I don't remember for those five years I was on the show thinking about race. Yeah. I didn't think about... It was... I feel like Grain Chill was effortlessly diverse. Yeah, definitely. Uh, as a as a school in and around London should be, uh-huh. but it but it just was, and and just honestly, it, it was a family. Yeah. Re- I can say I've never done a job since then. Maybe it's because I was a child where I felt a sense of family. I I, uh-huh. I haven't personally. My personality, I guess, kind of changed a bit, but I mm-hmm. I do think that time it was. A wonderful family. So Jessica Stavely, I mean, we used to sit next to each other in tutoring. We were the best friends. Well, we were, we were. Yeah. And also, um, Daniel Lee, yeah. who, who played 
Was ben? his character called Ben? Yeah. Ben, yeah. yeah. Ben. We, we were really close. We were yeah. really, really close as well. Um, yes. Daniel Lee. Yeah, those two. Daniel Lee. Oh, and do you know do you, the Francesco Bruno? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can't remember how many years he did. I think he did maybe two or three. I, yeah. but, I, but he got sacked from the show. Wow. He got sacked from the show. I never um, knew that. Yeah, yeah. He got sacked. Um, and I was devastated. Wow. It was, it was. I would say, well, it was one of my first heartbreaks. It was, yeah. it was like a breakup for me. I, it, he was. I looked up to him. So, yeah. so Daniel and 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 Jess were my best friends, and I don't know if they were in it when Franco was in it. So maybe that. So that was later. But yeah, when ben, I, and, ben and Franco were definitely together. Yeah. And and I remember, you know, Franco was older than me. He was really really small, so he always seemed, you know, he looked younger than his age, but he was yeah. older. He might have been a teenager. Maybe right. when I was nine or ten, he was like thirteen or something. Uh-huh. He, he just seemed so cool. He was so confident. He was hilarious. <laughs> he was such a funny guy. And I think they had written the part for him. I right. think he had auditioned. Nothing really fit right. I think he kind of had a bit of an accent. Like he was just, yeah. but he was so cool. And he was he was probably the most popular guy, right. like amongst the cast. Yeah. He was very very popular. Um, and, I, and I loved him. So it was yeah. Those three, yeah. And you've you've mentioned Jessica Stavely Taylor there. And did you know that she would go and do the things that she's done with the music and all? Could you tell then that that's what she was going to do? No, but I, I, I didn't. I mean, I I remember we stayed in touch till I was about 18. Right. Which was quite long because I left the show at 14 or 15. Right. I when I say stayed in touch, I mean I guess we would text or something. But uh-huh. I remember her telling me she was in a band. With, yeah. her, with her sisters has uh-huh. she done the show no not yet no <laughs> I remember Jessica, telling... Jessica if you're listening you need to come on, <laughs> come on. <laughs> and I remember I uh yeah and I remember her telling me she was in a band and I thought oh that's really really cool but um I I, I remember thinking she was a good actress yeah. when we were on the show and and I thought she was so beautiful uh-huh. I thought she was so beautiful so I think I thought she would be a star in some way I just yeah. thought with that face uh, with her acting ability. And also, she was so nice. We just got on so well. And I remember, I think I might have met her mum once or something, and her mum was lovely too. She seemed yeah. to come from a lovely family. Um, she just seemed like a really together person. Yeah, brilliant. It, okay. So, yeah, just, just going back there, we talked about Max and Adam had been friends, and then they sort of broke up a little bit. He had this argument and stuff. And then it never sat right with me that Max was friends with Ian Hudson at that time because Ian was just horrible. You know, he was horrible. And it it didn't seem to be the type of person that Max would be friends with. And Max and Franco started turning on Ian when they'd been throwing paper pellets at each other. And, and they all got a class detention, even though Ian had lied and said it was Adam. And then... There was a bit where Ian found out that Adam's mum had been killed, which is quite a harrowing thing to happen. But Ian, again, was teasing him about it. And Max walks away. Rather than say anything, I think Max is starting to realise this lad's a bit of an idiot. and I can't stand up to him because I'll get battered, but he didn't want anything to do with him. and, And he walks away. And then there's a bit that I do need to ask you about. It was after Judy Jeffries was knifed. There was a big thing in Grangeville at the time about knife crime, and and they were the class were talking about it. And Max says it was like his auntie who was scared to go outside at night. 
and he said that she had a phobia. Can you remember what phobia he said she had? Because he doesn't say the right word. <laughs> he, he says that she had arachnophobia. <laughs> As opposed to agoraphobia. As opposed to agoraphobia. And when it's pointed out, when it's pointed out to him that, he, that, that arachnophobia is the fear of spiders, he goes, yeah, well, I think she's got that as well. <laughs> Just to try and, <laughs> and save face. And then we'll we move on then to Series 22, which was your second series, and you were in Year 8. But you were only in eight episodes. Was I? Yeah, in, 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 in Series 22. Is there, is there any reason for that one? No, I can't remember. But hmm, what you've now made me remember, though, is... I remember when I was auditioning for the for the for, for the for the part, so for, yeah. for series one for series twenty one. I remember I had auditioned for Les Mis right. as well. Um, in fact, Les Mis might have been the first audition I'd ever gone to. Uh-huh. I basically I'd auditioned for a Josh Juice commercial, Les Mis, and Grain Show. Those are the things I'd only ever auditioned for before <laughs> yeah. I started working. So I, I went up for Les Mis and I remember I had told my teacher at school, uh, so I'm in primary school at this stage, oh, oh, I'm auditioning for Les Mis. He's like, oh my God, good luck. And he was so exciting. And I, I went on to learn that he always wanted to be an actor and he became, a, he was an Am, Am, Amdram right. um, guy. And um, so he asked me, oh, did you get Les Mis? How did it go? And I lied and told him I did get it. No way. <laughs> I lied and said I got the part, right? And he was like, oh my God, this is incredible. Mm. And he announced it to the whole class. I stood, he got me to stand in the front. <laughs> he announced it to the whole class. Everybody gave me a round of applause. He told me to take a bow. He said, get used to this, these round of applause. This is what's going to be happening for you. I went home. I couldn't sleep. Oh, uh, no way. <laughs> I was like, what am I going to do? I'm going to have to eventually tell this guy I lied. And tell everyone at school I lied. So then, <laughs> I remember a few days later, I come to school. He goes, Michael, I just bought tickets for Les Mis. I'm like... What? He's like, yes, oh. I got advanced tickets. I got two tickets. What? Ah! Like, oh my God, what am I going to do? And I'm like, oh, oh, thank you for getting tickets sort of thing. I, 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 honestly, I had, I, it, I was depressed. depressed. Yeah, I can imagine. I I, oh my. So I remember when the Grangeville audition came about and I kept getting to the next stage, I was like, oh, I have to get this because yeah. if I get this, it's a way I can wiggle out of my life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can. So I remember um, I got it and I told him, you know what? I've chosen Grain Chill over yes. late <laughs> because it's a better career move. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't even know how I came up with such nonsense at that age. I didn't even know what I, I, I knew what a career move was, but I told him. And he was like, oh, you know what? You're probably right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, you know, you're probably right. I'm still going to go anyway. And I remember he still went and saw the play. Told me it was okay, but I think it would have been better. <laughs> he became one of my biggest advocates. He supported me throughout, you know. Yeah. Up, up until sort of like my early to mid-20s, he would send me messages, you know, on Facebook. Yeah. You know, um, he was a big, big, big support. Did, I remember did, when I was... Did you ever tell him that you never got? Like, I, never, <laughs> I, I, I never told him. I never fingers told crossed him. he's not listening to this one. <laughs> no, man. I've got, I've got to tell him. I've got to tell him, man. I've got to tell him, you know. <laughs> I have to tell Brilliant. him. Brilliant. Okay. Now, 
I love mm. that. Let's get so getting back to series twenty two, and this is where your first sort of your own sort of storyline, really, shall we say, is Max is hearing music in the school, and he goes to where the music is coming from, and it is the music room, and he walks in, and the school brass band is practicing, and Max is asking if he can join, and the music teacher's like, look. You never last long when you're learning musical instruments. He goes, no, but but I, I really I really want to get involved because it sounds really good. You've been searching for the right instruments is the, is the words that Max uses. And, of course, he gets given a brass instrument and he gets given a... Tuba. A tuba. Now, I don't know if you know this. If you Google Max Abassi Grange Hill, the first picture that comes up is Max holding a tuba. Mm-hmm. Could you play? Um, I had lessons. They right. came. They came to my house. They gave me lessons. Um, I think I had to play three notes or something. I remember uh-huh. I went dun 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 And I um I remember yeah the teacher came around and yeah I remember yeah I did I did I was actually playing yeah 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 brilliant brilliant okay and Max had wanted to take the tuba home to practice to get better because they, the way the teacher spoke to him was horrible anyway basically <laughs> you know like he could so, he, so he, it's good that he's keen and he wants to get involved with it and but he wouldn't let him there's a bit where because because it wasn't insured out of school he couldn't and he was asked to take it back to the practice practice block and then max is one of the first people to see something else happening and something else happening is alec and judy trying to escape from the, the fire. fire, yes, yes, um, yes. and saw Judy fall, and it's a strange one because I thought maybe Max was going to get more involved in that because he's walking mm. across the the playground and he's and obviously you know um, Laura Sadler sadly no no longer with us like and everyone just says how how wonderful she was mm. as well. Mm. What, what, what I've worked on couple of shows that you did as well with like Albie mm. and Casualty mm. and stuff. But yeah, I just thought that there might have been something involved there because Max obviously seen it. You I know, am- it's, a good, it's a good observation you made, you know, because I think I'm, I'm almost certain that I was taken to the side and they asked me if I wanted some sort of support or counselling because it's quite a um, deep, you know, right. image, wow. image to see. I yeah. remember. And you know what? In all honesty, I remember thinking, I don't really know what they're talking about. I was so young. I remember thinking, I don't really understand why we, you know, know, because for me, it was, it was very strange because, you know, sometimes reality got blurred because if you say to me, what was your school like? By the time I was doing Grain Chill, I was in primary school, right? So it was like I'd suddenly jumped to secondary school. Yeah. So now when I... for years, I'd look back and my memories of school would be Grain Chill, not yeah. real school, or they would get mixed up. So yeah. it was like, what was my real life or not? And, I, and, I'm, and I'm not being dramatic. I really would have very strange dreams and not really know what was going on. Honestly, yeah. this is, this is the absolute truth. I mean, you're nine. You're, what, how's, your, what's, what's your, how's your brain developed? You yeah. know, so you take, you're taking in all these emotions and sometimes your body feels it's real, but then also as well, because... I was acting and it really was a gift. I knew it wasn't. So yeah. I could see the imagery and feel I wasn't affected by it because yeah. I know that's not real blood. I know this, I know that. But when I think back to it, I remember 
she would have to, you know, there was a stunt and then they used a doll and then she would have to lie into shot at the last minute and the, uh -huh. and the blood coming out of her head. And that's, I mean, God, yeah. you know, um, so I remember. So maybe in terms of being involved more, maybe they they realized how young I was because, yeah. because I know people didn't know how young I was. I know that for a fact. Right. Because I've had times people say, if we knew you were that young, you might not have been in it. Right. Wow. It's not that I lied about my age or anything, but I was always very mature. Yeah. I, I, I am an old soul. Like I've never, I've never felt my age. I never really had friends my age. It was always everybody was older. Yeah. Girlfriends, everybody, everything. You know. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, that might have been something to do with it. Right. You know? Okay. So Max had been asked to perform as part of the brass band, and he, as I've said, he wasn't allowed to take the tuba home. But then. The teacher said, you've got to practice every minute. And we then see what can only be described as a training montage in school. It's all like there's brass band music playing and there's all different clips of them in different <laughs> places. Yeah, and you yeah, just yeah, think, yeah, yeah. it's like Rocky. It's exactly like Rocky. This is it. Mm. Oh, so it was so good. <laughs> um, and, then, and then Mr. Chapman said he could play in the concert and he was able to take it home. But unfortunately, he's walking mm -hmm. to school one day with mm -hmm. his tuba case. Absolutely. And he gets stopped by the St. Joe's lads, who yep. then throw it in the canal. Yep. And it floats Camden, away. Camden Lock. Camden yeah, Lock. Is that where that was? was that it? Was Camden Lock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was born in Camden. So All right. Okay. It was around the corner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, fortunately, later on, because Max had gone in the canal trying to get it. And <laughs> The a fisherman had seen it and managed to bring it back to the school. And the case had done its job and protected the tuba. And then Max got to perform in the concerts. All was good. And Max's dad even came. But I yeah. believe that might have only been the only scene that you, that you had a sort of appearance yeah, in that one. I don't, I, we, we never saw like a home scene no. or anything like that. It was just no. that one. Okay. And then you've mentioned you've mentioned Franco and Ben, and obviously they had their own sort of rivalry going on with football and stuff. Mm -hmm. Ben had taken Franco's place, so on the day of the the final, Franco got Max to lock Ben in the changing rooms of of, of the school, and Max did lock him in, even though he wasn't overly happy with the fact that he was that he was doing that. Mister Jones went looking for him, and Max even then lies to Mister Jones and saying. You know, he's lost his bottle, he's gone home, telling this story. But then Franco's conscience got the better of Franco when he ran and they, they let him out so that he could play in the end. And Grangeo won the cup. And you got... you Max had left at this point when the match got played and he won the cup. But Luis Boamorte was there presenting the cup to them. Now, as an Arsenal fan, did you get to meet Luis Boamorte? Check this out. <laughs> Do you know... I probably realized it was Louis Boamorte when I was 30 years old. Right. <laughs> I didn't know. <laughs> I did not know. <laughs> I did not know. Wow. And, um, and, it's, and it's a shock to me that I did not know. Um, I remember when Linford Christie was in one of the episodes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I knew who that was. Yeah. <laughs> we were all very excited. And also he kept messing up his lines. He kept like this guy. It was one line. It was like, just say your line, for goodness sake. It really made him seem like a mere mortal. Um, but, um, yeah, and that's crazy. Why, why didn't I know it was Louis Bowman? I'm very upset. Brilliant. Brilliant. Okay. And then that storyline then 
led on to a, a typical Grangeil sort of far-fetched storyline where the St. Joe's lads came and uh, stole the cup. And the lads knew that the St. Joe's lads had taken it. And rather than saying to the teachers, look, they've got it. The lads, there was all these missions then of going to St. Joseph's and getting the cup back. And yeah. Max didn't really want to be involved again. You know, he was, he was always the sensible one mm-hmm. in the crew. <laughs> and they, they caught one of the St. Joseph's lads and, you know, he cornered them and threw them up against the wall. And Max didn't want to be involved. Now, it just seems strange that Max didn't. But Adam was quite happily involved. And all that, and I know Adam had his own issues and was easily led and stuff like. But the lads went to the meeting place. Saint Joe's appeared, but there was loads of them, and Max was the first to do a runner. <laughs> to be honest. And they ended up getting the trophy back. I don't even remember that where Ben actually broke into the lads' house or sneaked in because Zoe knocked on the front door and and, and said she was the lads. Nigel, his name was was Nigel's girlfriend and he dumped it. But as I say, they ended up getting the, the trophy back and all was good. And they needed a way to get the trophy back into school. And Max was uh, integral to this. I don't know if you remember this. They used... He put it, he put, he put, he put it in the case. He put there it in the... you go. Yes, <laughs> I remember. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. They, they put it back in the tuba, in the tuba case and they left it in Mr. Robson's office. Yes. And that was like sort of the end of, of series series 22 for you because, as I say, you were only in about eight episodes. So there we go. So then the next series, series 23, was mainly sort of about Adam and his dad. This one it was all like Adam was a bit strange from his dad because, as I say, we found out his mum had been killed and his dad had done it. Oh, um, so it was all mainly about that. But they did have a, a new arrival in Miss Fraser. Played by Judith Wright. Was was she Australian? She was Australian. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And all the yeah. lads, all the lads fancied Miss Fraser. Absolutely. Uh, Come on now. And an, <laughs> another bet that you've said <laughs> was later on where his sister um, his sister came to the school and the lads had a bet about who could get inside Miss Wright's house. Lovely. <laughs> First of all. Because they'd also been at that time, there was the racist attack that Spencer's dad had committed. Um, the viewers knew who'd done it. Spencer knew that his dad had done it. But no one else knew. So the lads wanted to protect Max. And they went everywhere with him. And Max was saying, look, you know, you suffocate me. You need to leave me alone. But they were just looking out for, for their mate, weren't they? You know, they were, they were just looking out for him. And like we said, they'd been the bet. They were all making a fuss of... Uh, Katie, Miss Wright's sister, just to try and get to the house. And at one point, Katie has a chat with Max and she says to him uh, about, oh, do you want to come round? You, you play the tube, come round to my house because I'm trying to get Emily into jazz and she won't listen to it. But if you come round and listen to it, and Max says no, and the other lads just can't believe it. And they ask him why he'd said no. And I don't know if you can remember the reason why he wouldn't go round. Because it's a it's a, it's a cracking line. When he says he said no, because he had to polish his tuba. <laughs> Which is brilliant. And and carrying on with the Australian theme, they had to make boomerangs for science. And the lads weren't happy because they were talking about how 
Katie's would be better than everyone because he was so good at everything and she was Australian with an unfair advantage. And when it came to the lesson where they had to throw them, Max threw it towards the school, just as Mr. Hankin said, don't throw it towards the school. And it didn't come back. And Mr. Hankin said, go and get it. And Max said, it'll come back. It's a boomerang. It's going to come back eventually. <laughs> and, and to be fair, it did come back eventually. Just as the offset inspector, Mr. Forbes, was about to leave the school, it did come back and it landed in the boot of his car. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a bit where they went on, like they did a, like a camping weekend. Katie had said they should do a, like a walkabout. Don't know if you remember that one, a, an actual camping weekend. So just, just the five of them went on that one because Katie invited Adam and she invited the lads and the lads weren't getting on with Adam at that time because he'd broken Franco's leg playing football. Yeah. And he said they were all going or weird would get round that some of them had chickened out camping out in the woods. So they all went. <laughs> and the lads built a bivouac for Adam, which easily fell over and had a hole in the ground. And when Adam got out to the hole in the ground, they saw bones in the ground. I don't know if you remember that. Just like mm. a pile of bones, like and, and they all obviously freaked out. And so they decided to go and ring the police. But it turns out <laughs> it was just a sheep's skeleton because they found the skull going with it. And then Katie then on this weekend talking about Aborigine culture. And Max even made a didgeridoo out of a pipe. And they all got their face painted Aborigine. Face paint. I was going to say, didn't we paint and, our face? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, when, when you get stuff like that, it must be great to like be in a different environment and not be in the school environment when you're out on location. Oh, I love location stuff. Oh, I truly loved it. Location stuff tended to be during the summer holidays right. so you didn't have to do your tutoring uh-huh. um so because it made it because we had to do three hours of tutoring every day uh, if you're under 16 um, and i i love the location stuff um yeah, we're just great you know it's like you're it is like you're camping it is like you're in some sort of amazing i don't know what, oh, i don't know scouts yeah pub, whatever you want to call it it was amazing truly yeah. brilliant and they also thought they'd seen a kangaroo yeah, I remember uh, that. Uh, which yeah, turned yeah, out yeah. to be a wallaby. Now, was the wallaby actually there? Was the wallaby actually with you when you were filming? Because I know, I, in the, I know, in the past they've used like, you know, stock footage of. I of think animals. they use stock footage. Right. I think they use stock footage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. Okay. Um. Okay. And then later on in that series, there was a homeless awareness campaign where they were all collecting cardboard boxes because they thought that if they did. Someone in the school, I think it was Wayne, thought if they collected all of the cardboard boxes, they could get the recycling centre to pay for them and they would make a load of money for whole homelessness and all this. So each year, each year they had a competition each year, seeing if they could collect the most cardboard boxes, which then turned into all sorts of subterfuge and shenanigans with people stealing cardboard boxes that have been promised to other people so sort of like from like Anika's mum's shop, they they broke in and, and stole them. And then there was a big argument about the cardboard boxes getting nicked between all the year groups, which almost, almost turned into a full-blown food fight until Mr. Hankin stopped. And <laughs> so they said they need to sort it out. And there's almost like a war council in the arches in Ray's Cap 
Um, and obviously Ray was played by Kelly George, an absolute absolute legend of Grange Hill. Yeah. But I'm also told you know, he's not just a legend of Grange Hill, he's just a legend in his own right. I'm not actually, I, like I've, I've messaged him a few times and we are trying to sort of time to get him on. But everyone just says as well, just what an, an absolute legend Kelly George is. I, I remember meeting Kelly and I remember I was, I was about nine when I first yeah. met him. He had blonde hair and I thought, <laughs> wow, that's so cool. I remember telling him, oh, you remind me of Dennis Wise. The football player, James Wise, that played for Chelsea. I remember telling him that. Yeah. He made a joke about, no, because I think he was an Arsenal fan as well. Right. And he was just really, really sweet. I think, you know, I think being so young yeah. and a cute, chubby kid made the the older guys and girls just yeah. think, oh, he's so sweet. You know, um, they were just yeah. lovely, lovely, lovely. And, I, and, I, and also he, his face was very recognisable. Yeah. So if you, if you know, you would, whether or not you watched Grange Hill, you would have seen his face at some point during the years yeah. he was on it, because he just yeah. seemed to be on it throughout through the school years. Yeah, it was a long all time. The way yeah. the sixth form, and I just remember thinking, "Oh wow, there's there's Ray," and yeah, yeah. lovely, lovely guy. Yeah. Brilliant, brilliant. Now, you you just mentioned it there, and you mentioned it a few times about being a, a chubby kid. Mm. But by the time this series was on, series twenty three, puberty had hit, mm. hadn't it? And like, because you look. Sort of very physically different yeah. in that in that series. I I I think than you had done beforehand. Like so, because when I first when I was watching, sort of the first when I was going back and researching and I was watching your first series, I was like, is that is that is that actually him? Because he looks yeah. he looks so different. Well, Whereas I've to... I've kept this chubby face my whole life. So I, <laughs> I don't look any different to when I was a kid. <laughs> the costume lady introduced herself to me. So are we are we on season three now or season? Yeah, four? your third series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She came over and introduced herself to me. I went, Janine, it's me. <laughs> what are you doing? She was, like, oh my god, Michael! <laughs> I didn't recognize you. And it really was the theme of the year. I remember right. everybody was like, and let me tell you something right now. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> this is when there was no asking girls out who told me they had a book. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I'll be, I'll, I'll be totally honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant! I never asked the girl out again. I'm being told. Wow, <laughs> tremendous! The, the, the game, nothing was the same. <laughs> <laughs> tremendous. I really mean it. <laughs> tremendous. Um, <laughs> and as you say, at the end of that year, they realised they weren't going to get any money, so they had a big bonfire. And you've mentioned Linford Christie already, like, and that, as I say, that must have been an amazing thing just to. Just to meet Linford Christie as well. The fastest man on <laughs> yeah. earth. I, I mean, you know, he was at the time he was still the fastest man on earth. Yeah. Um, it was, yeah, it was heroic. It was heroic. It was really. Yeah, 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 yeah. Brilliant. Yeah, I, went, I went on to um, to meet him a few more times after that. And, yeah. And my cousin actually uh, won Olympic gold, Team GB, and so he was he was her tra- her coach. And, wow. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. It was amazing, but um. Yeah, that was cool. <laughs> that yeah, was cool. tremendous. Tremendous. Okay, so we move on then. Series 24, they went out mm. 2001 and Max is in year 10 by this point. And Max and Ben were determined to get girlfriends in this year. Max had tried to ask Leah out. Obviously, mm-hmm. you mentioned uh, Leah, you mentioned Jess earlier. Was that <laughs> weird though? Like sort of having that on-screen relationship? Do you know, I think Green Chill, for me, I feel like I, I noticed it amongst other people too, but for me, it made me 
um, get on really well with girls right. and, and, and vice versa. We all just got on so, so well. It was just so lovely. Mm. Never felt weird. Never felt awkward. Even, you know, you know, I'm pretty sure I had a crush on her. And right. to be honest with you, I think she had a crush on me too. <laughs> right, okay. But that was fine. I think yeah. me, me thinking she did and me knowing I did towards her, I, I loved her. I yeah. would say I probably, I think we might have loved each other. We probably did. We just used to just, honestly, we were just yeah. so, it wasn't weird at all. It was lovely. It was yes. really nice. <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. So, and, and like you say, did, he, he, he tries asking Leon out. It doesn't work. So then they try asking Shannon out. Uh, and then they start to ask him. Shannon, Amanda. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then Tracy and Lisa, even though they were older, they try asking them out. <laughs> and they just saw it was just they just kept falling down whatever he tried to do and then there's a bit where Max and Ben went to buy something from Ozzy uh, Kieran who was known for dealing cigarettes and it's a really shady scene there's a deal going down in the boiler room and you don't know what they get anything what have these two got themselves into here um, and it just turns out it was just breath freshener <laughs> <laughs> and I love that because you do think, what are these two doing here? Because like Ozzy was such a such a bad lad, and you and, and then yeah, it's just breath. Let, let's try out the merchandise, and it was just breath fresh. Isn't it? And Max and Ben were actually invited around to a party. Uh, Shannon invited them to the party at, at Lisa's house. Um, mm -hmm. But when they get there, they find it wasn't really a big party at all, and they were just going to be watching videos. And you you have to help me out with this because Lisa asks Ben to take a video. Now me and me me and my wife will watch we watch this bit several times to try and figure out what Ben actually says because the the, <laughs> the video the title of the video that it he actually sounds like it says is he says I've wanted to see Encounter Jane by the back door for ages Love and it. we is that we uh, we were like what Encounter Encounter Jane by the back door I. I refused to Google it just because I didn't know what I was going to get, what I was going to get to see. Uh, but yeah, Encounter Jane by the back. Is that what it was called? Do you know what? I genuinely don't remember that exchange, but I can tell you, <laughs> I'm almost certain that was a hiding in plain sight piece of cheekiness by the right <laughs> Listen, I watch kids stuff all the time because I have a daughter now and, yeah. and I do loads, I, I voice loads of cartoons and do all yeah. that kind of stuff. People sneak things in. People yeah. sneak things in. <laughs> they leave these little Easter eggs. And um, so I think that's what it was. So listen, if you want to Google it, <laughs> prepare, man. <laughs> Brilliant. Brilliant. Um, and uh, in the end of that party, um, Lisa's dad came in. Lisa was drunk, broke mm -hmm. the party up. And again, Max and Ben got nowhere again. Um, that was a really fun day. I remember that because... I remember Lisa, her character was originally in the Double Dare gang. Yeah, and yeah, I, yeah. And I remember they might have joined a, a year or two before I joined. Uh -huh. They were the, they were cool. Like I remember seeing them at the first read through and thinking, "Oh my god, yeah. there's a Double Dare gang! Wow!" And um, yeah, and uh, they were really, really cool. And they were really close. I remember they had their, their own slang and their own games. And oh, one day I'll sit down and tell you some funny anecdotes about <laughs> about stuff with them. They were really creative. They used Brilliant. to play all sorts of pranks on on like the newbies and yeah. the amazing elaborate pranks. Yeah, they were cool. 
So they they were just like the Double Dare gang. They were, like, they yeah. were, they were really, really cool. I kind of wanted to be like them, you know. Yeah. They were, they were amazing. I think, I think maybe some of those guys. I think I looked at and thought, yeah, they're they're the, they're going to be all big stars. And I yeah. mean, look, you know, people go on to do all sorts after Granger. We're kids, so uh-huh. some people never wanted to be in a, you know, some people, you know, it's just something, you know, it was a hobby or yeah. maybe their parents were living vicariously through them or maybe they just realized it wasn't yeah. for them. So, yeah. you know, there's all sorts of reasons. Just so young, you know. Yeah, brilliant. And there is a bit where Max asks Miss Fraser for a word in private. Like, what's this? And then the next scene, it's just Miss Fra- Miss Fraser saying she didn't think he'd be interested in that. And he was like, oh, yeah, don't tell. It's something I'd have a go at, but, but don't tell me, mates, just yet. And the next scene, Max tells Shannon he's thinking of putting his name down for the talent show. And she said, oh, is that what you were talking to Miss Fraser about? And he says, yeah, it was. But maybe it wasn't. Um, and in that, one of the builders, hears Max talking about this and says, oh, do you play the tuba there? And he goes, yeah. He said, couldn't you come and help me out? And what he wants them to do was play the, play Happy Birthday for Frankie, the builder. I don't know if you remember that one. And it, that was another like underground, like in the boiler room scene. And Miss, Miss Fraser was wearing... Okay. A cheerleader costume. Do you remember that? They came out of the... <laughs> and she came out of the cake. It was the Frankie's birthday. He was the boss of the builders. And and Max is there playing Happy Birthday. Could you play Happy Birthday on the tuber at this point? Or was that no. added on? Right, no, so that was completely I remember that was completely mimed. Um <laughs> right. I do remember the cheerleader cake thing. Um oh yeah, we all had a crush on Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> And then we've then found out what Max had actually spoke to Miss Fraser about. He had been designing a new school uniform or new school yeah. PE PE kit, and he won the competition. Yes. And but he wasn't happy because there was all sorts of big logos over it, and right. he sort of waged a, a campaign then about uh, I am. He came into school with a sandwich board of I am not an advert and and stuff like that. Uh, you know, he was getting kids to shout, we are not for sale and making mannequins <laughs> and things. <laughs> and then it turned out they had a bit of it because obviously Ben's younger brother, Martin, was a bit of a computer whiz and, and stuff. And they they found out that Mr. Forbes, who was the Ofsted inspector, had done things like this at most of the schools he'd inspected. And he he had building work supplied for and stuff and the builders were giving him. He basically he was getting he was getting kickbacks from all these companies, <laughs> and there was a band coming into the school called Nineteen Down, who also were given Mister Forbes kickbacks as well. And, and like I say, they find out that all was happening. In the end, Mister Forbes was sort of handed over to the police because he was taking bribes and doing all these things that that he shouldn't have been doing, basically. And then. That moved on then to series twenty five. Max is in year eleven, and it was your your final year. And it was when Max was involved with the school website, mm-hmm. and Leah had asked him to be involved with the school website because he was good at designs. He was good at design and stuff. He was good at art, but he wasn't really good with computers. So, so Martin was doing all that side of it, and there was a, Mr. Jones came in to see what he'd done, but he came in on his own. And wiped everything 
that they'd done <laughs> and then rang in sick the next day. <laughs> um, but they all shouted. Uh, they, all, they all kicked off at, at Martin. But he, it, it hadn't been him. And in the end, they realised, they apologised the way Grangel does. Now, this is the year where Mr. Devil was involved. And you were saying earlier on about, by this point, Grangel wasn't the same programme that it had been earlier in, in, you know, sort of in the, in the 70s and 80s. But I love this storyline, the Mr. Devil storyline. I think it was a a really, really good one and a really, really clever one. And, and I do think it's one of the, the best hmm. that they did because Mr. Devil came as the deputy head and, hmm. you know, he came in and he ruled with an iron fist. Mr. Robson was off, had been off sick and had said he was going to re- retire and all this. And Mr. Devil was just horrible to everyone, regardless of whether he were a nice kid, whether he were a bad kid. He, was, he wasn't a, a nice character, was And Ian had been banned from the football team. Mm-hmm. And Max and Ben said, look, you need to apologise for this. Because at this point, Max was on the football team as well. Uh, yeah. He wasn't yeah. originally. Not originally, uh, no. were, you, were you any good at football? Yeah, yeah. Brilliant. Yeah, Brilliant. Yeah, 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 yeah. Brilliant. So that must have hurt earlier on as well when, <laughs> when, you know what? when, when I, Max I, wasn't on the team. <laughs> I was annoyed. So I remember I used to say to myself, listen, listen, this is great. You're acting. You're going against life. You're going against life. <laughs> Brilliant. So Ian did go and apologise to Mr. Devil, who said, you know, the team probably do need you to be, a, to be honest. But then he changed his mind again when they were go- going to the tournament. And when they went to the tournament, the lads from another school spoke to Max and Ben and said, that teacher there looks like a teacher we used to have, a Mr. Wilcox. And they were like, well, we haven't got a Mr. Wilcox. And then Martin then told Max and Ben that the school that the lads had spoken to, Mr. Devil had used to teach you because he told him that on his first day when he was showing him round. So Max and Ben then decided to infiltrate the other school, uh, the Posh Boys School, and they told them about Mr. Devil. They told them that Mr. Wilcox was a teacher who'd hit one of the one of the one of the lads that they'd seen um, and had been sacked, and he was told he would never teach again. And then he said, oh, well, he's, he's called Mr. Devil. He went, oh, yeah, there was a Mr. Devil here. He's left to go travel in the world. And they start putting two and two together then. And Mr. Wilcox had assumed Mr. Devil's identity. And Max says, like James Bond, this, isn't it? Max and Ben got into his office and found his wallet and found that he had cards in Devil's name and in Wilcox's name. And that day, Mr. Mr. Devil had been given the job at Headmaster and they got Kathy to put a thing on the website. And it was the day of Mr. Robson and Miss Carver's wedding, which took place at the school for some yeah. bizarre reason. <laughs> um, and it does and, and I know, I know it had to for the for, for the purposes of the storyline, but it just you are there five days a week, you know, 40, 41 weeks of the year <laughs> with all these kids. You don't want to have your wedding at the school. You no. certainly don't want all them kids there. Uh, but anyway, uh, so... It's cost-effective. <laughs> yeah. Um, Ian says to Mr. Devil, do you want your profile on the website to be under D or W? And he's saying, what, what are you on about? And he says, well, Devil or Wilcox. And then he, he realises then it's what's wrong. happened. And they oh. get him locked in the room. You know, the lad from the other school comes. And Mr. Robson doesn't believe any of this until until he says to this lad in the school, I should have hit you harder. Mm. Uh, and then he realized they lock him in the they lock him in like the the, 
the reform room, as they were calling it. But he manages to get out. And then he sets fire to the school. And there's a big fire, big explosion. Now, we never actually found out what happened to Max. Mm. Mm. What do you think happened to Max? That's a great question. You know, the mad thing is, I've never ever thought, oh, whatever, whatever became of Max. All I know is that the show moved to Liverpool. Uh-huh. And apparently, uh, whoever made the decision about who's going had watched an episode and based his decision off that episode. Wow. Yeah, apparently so. And um, yeah, chose a selection of the the characters from that episode to go up. And then I'm pretty sure they introduced new characters when yeah. they went up there. And that was it. That right. was it. That was the end of that was the end of the journey. Yeah. And how did how did you feel about not, I was not being it, it was I was oh man. I I remember it was a it was a strange crossroads because I was about 14. Uh-huh. Um I remember that year I got expelled from school. Wow. From my real school. Um so I I think I yeah, I felt lost. Yeah. I felt lost. I remember thinking, God, oh man, this is Oh wow! This has just been my bubble. Yeah, this is my 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 security blanket. Um, I was a really good student. I did really well at school. Uh, uh-huh. I'll be totally honest with you. I found academics incredibly easy. Incredibly, yeah. I feel like a lot of it was to do with memory. I had, a, I had an amazing memory uh-huh. from just you know sense memory uh, lines, photographic yeah. sort of memory thing, and also so I just I just just intelligent, clever, clever uh-huh. guy, clever kid. So I did really really well. I didn't find it hard to juggle it, but I know I didn't want to be in school. I do remember I never wanted to be in school. I didn't like it. I remember very, very early on, I was like, you know, this life I'm living now, this is the only life I want to live. This yeah. is the only life I want to live. I feel really, really lucky. Yeah. I, I never felt better than anybody. I felt special in that I've been given this special opportunity. Therefore, yeah. I am really, really lucky. And I really felt like all of us on that show were on this amazing island. Because you remember as well, in and around that time, Somewhere in the 90s, Harry Potter was starting. Yeah. I remember they came to my drama classes right. to pick actors and I, yeah. couldn't, I couldn't audition for it because it ran across uh, film for, for Grain Trail. So I remember that was starting to happen as well. We had our own life and going to Elstree and seeing all the, all the stars come for Top of the Pops and yeah. all the characters in EastEnders. EastEnders was enormous at the time. And yeah. I saw Spice Girls and Destiny's Child. And I remember seeing Puff Daddy when he was called Puff Daddy walking by. Yeah. <laughs> On Mel B. I remember just seeing all and this was my watch. So I just remember thinking, oh, is this not going to happen anymore? And then yeah. I remember we had some sort of party to say goodbye to Grain Chillis moving up to Liverpool uh-huh. because it all ended sort of up in the air. Yeah. Maybe that was a year after we'd all seen each other. And I didn't want to tell anybody I'd been expelled. I was I was embarrassed because yeah. I felt like I was some sort of favorite there in terms of the, the chaperones loved me. I remember times, June and Joan, the chaperones, they would say, you know, be, be a bit more like Michael. And they would use me as an example. Yeah. And I thought, wow, and it made me so happy. And, um, and I just thought if they knew I was expelled, they would be disappointed in me. Yeah. If they, because I feel like I was living multiple lives. The way I was in Grainchill, every day on set, being driven to set, doing tutoring, I was a different person to how I was in my normal secondary school. Right. It was like a split personality. Yeah. Grainshaw was my happy place. That was where, that was me. And I, I loved the fact, and I was very, very aware from a very young age of 
toxic masculinity. Uh-huh. I was very, very aware from a very young age of, of being lucky as a male, being able to express how I feel. Yeah. You know, I've, I've always been a very emotional person. My emotions have always been readily available from my personality. And of mm-hmm. course, that snowboard because I'm an actor. It's what we do. Yeah. Like if anybody ever said to me, God, you're so this or you're so dramatic, I would think, oh, they, they just don't understand what it is. Because yeah. obviously you don't want to keep making excuses and stuff. But you are... At that age, you are different doing yeah. these type of things and telling these stories. And, you know, it's different. You know, some of it you just do by instinct. But I I was aware of what I was doing, too, you know. Yeah. So um, at school, it was different. And, of course, you know, I went to an incredibly rough school. Not, of course, but I went to a very rough school. And, of course, it's difficult anyway. You know, I was I was very famous. I was yeah, famous yeah. Guy, you know, and I'm a child. And yeah. um, people didn't like it. Right. The, okay. the, the, the teachers were the worst they hated me yeah um the, the students but you see me i wasn't a victim right. um and i whoever was bad in the school i was badder right okay yeah. I, I i'm it's it's something i look back on now and i go yeah this is what i did for survival um if you say you know you're on grain chill grain chills crap grain chill, you'd get punched yeah I'd, i would punch you Right. Yeah. I wasn't, I wasn't, I, I, I didn't get bullied, put it that right. way. Yeah. yeah, it's crazy. I remember, I remember, and, and that all started from the, I remember being 11 years old and walking down the corridor and my head of year saying to me, Michael, why are you smiling? The cameras aren't rolling now. And I was 11 no years way. old and I was absolutely devastating, devastated. So I remember, I remember going, sitting down in the corner and I said to myself, the next person that says that to me, I remember actually, I even muttered it to myself will regret it. They will pay. And subsequently, that's what happened. Yeah. Never. And then it actually got to a point where actually people were scared to even say anything to me. Yeah. Wow. It seemed to be the best way. Because I remember we would come to filming. We'd film maybe six months a year at Grange Hill. A lot of the kids left school, normal school, and went to a stage school. Because if they didn't go to a stage school already, because they were getting bullied. I remember it was a thing. And I remember thinking, well, we're not going to go to a stage school. We can't afford it as a family if there's anything to pay. And um, I was a bit of a breadwinner as well. You know, I started becoming a bit. So I went to a normal school and um, that's something I don't, maybe I would change that going back, but it made me who I am today. um, And and I found the way to survive it is to, is to fight. And that's what I did. And um, so I just remember being, eventually led to my expulsion. And I remember that coincided with me no longer being in Grange Hall. And I remember going through a period, it was my first identity crisis, which yeah. is scary because I think you get that anyway, puberty, your adolescence, being a teenager anyway. But I felt like I knew who I was. I yeah. was this, so I did, and now I suddenly wasn't. And I wasn't yeah. even in school anymore. So it was, it was, it was weird. I was, I was upset. I thought if I was going with Grange Hall to Liverpool, everything would be okay. That's yeah. how I felt. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that must have been a, a shocker. But it was, as you say, it was your de- defense mechanism, wasn't it? Just yeah, to, absolutely. Your, your way of getting to it. Okay, fair enough. Okay, so let's just say then that Max did survive the fire. Mm-hmm. Okay, so every every time I I put an episode of the podcast out, I put picture clues on on social media for people to guess who the guest is going to be. Great, and the person. Who guesses first gets to ask a question. 
Okay, let's do ask a okay. question in, in the next podcast. So the, the question for, for your episode, for your podcast, is coming from someone, and I can't remember their exact name on Twitter, but it's, it's Secret Squirrel. I apologise for not getting your, your, full, uh, your full Twitter handle in there. So the question is, let's say, let's say Max did survive the fire. What do you think Max would be doing today? Wow. You know, talking to you, it makes me feel like he would work in design. Right. When I'm thinking back to, I remember all that school uniform stuff. I remember that whole placard stuff and the sandwich board. I remember all that kind of thing. I, I feel like he had kind of leadership qualities as, as time went on. Um, yeah, he would probably be working in, in the design in yeah. the design field yeah yeah you know i've had times when i thought i could even see him being a teacher maybe yeah. maybe some sort of i don't know um yeah yeah something brilliant. like that brilliant okay so we really if, if if we can michael just talk a little bit about what you've done sort of since grain deal because i looked on imdb and you've got you've, you've got quite the uh, quite the cv on imdb i know it's not the most reliable of sources and i always say that uh, every time i'm on here I, it, but you know mo most of the stuff is on there so from the time you left grangeville you did things like doctors and and the bill and Holby. the usual suspect stuff yeah. Holby. yeah i mean that's the thing I mean, it's, it, it is a proper sort of british show reel yeah, that yeah, you've yeah. got there like and then you know you moved on and i wanted to talk about uh, my family i did an episode of my family and just because that must have been an absolute ball. Oh, my family with Zoe Wanamaker. Oh, what a blast. What a blast. What a blast. You just look back and you just remember how young you are and how much you take stuff in your stride. So I can give you a couple of anecdotes about that. I mean, so for yeah. instance, even, even just reminds me, like, in Grainshaw. I remember when I did a scene, one of my first days of Grainshaw. Sorry to jump back, but... They said to me, one of the crew members came to me afterwards, after they shot cut, and said, Michael, you know, next time for this scene, can you just give us a bit more level? I went, okay, no problem. I did the scene again. Afterwards, cut, Michael, you need to give more level. Did the scene again. Michael, you're really not giving me enough level. I said, look, I don't know what to do. I've done three takes on my tiptoes. <laughs> what do you want me to do? <laughs> and he looked at me and he went, oh, and he gave me the biggest hug in the world. He said, no. I meant level audio-wise, you need to talk louder. <laughs> I thought he meant you need to be physically higher. <laughs> so I did the scene on my tiptoes. Nobody told me not to do it on my tiptoes. I just carried on walking like, like I'm crazy, like I'm wearing <laughs> so, so, so you just think back. So, so and when you mentioned my family, I mean, I was 16 when I did my family. Right. Because I started Grain Show so young that I haven't done it for five years. I'm still only... 14. Yeah. So I, I did doctors at 15. I think my dad had to be my chaperone. Right. I did I did my family when I was 16. And of course I knew who, who Zoe Wanamaker was and Robert Lindsay, you know. But I'm 16. I'm yeah. not I'm not starstruck anymore. You don't you right. take everything in your stride and, and you just do it. And we filmed it in front of a live studio audience. Right. And it was incredible. It was a mix of theater and TV, basically. And I truly loved it. You know what? I would love to do a sitcom again. I'd love yeah. to do a sitcom on a regular basis. That would be fun. Yeah, brilliant. Because I, I, I'll be honest. I did read up on a, your character in my family, and he had the, he had the hots for Zoe Wanamaker. I did. Uh, yep. And yep. I'm fair enough. Fair play, you know, Absolutely. as well. <laughs> brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> brilliant. Okay, and then we move on. Then, so I don't know if you want to call it your, your 
your biggest part after games, you know, was it Hotel Babylon was yeah. certainly like a, a big thing there. And you were in every episode of Hotel Babylon. And I mean, only what only three cast members were in every episode. So Dexter Fletcher and, and Martin Marquez as well. And you played Ben Streeman yeah. in Hotel Babylon and along with uh, Emma Pearson. Could be- play Becky Radcliffe in Grange Hill as well. Do you, do you know when we got to Grange? I didn't know she was on Grange Hill. Right. <laughs> I didn't even know. I was like, "What?" And then I was like, "Oh my gosh!" Yeah, we. I remember crossing paths with you on the show. Yeah. I didn't even realize. <laughs> now yeah. I have to ask you about that because I've read that when you started filming Hotel Babylon, you were actually in theatre at the same time. Yeah. yeah. And that day must. They must have been horrendous days. Great days as well. But they must have been really grueling days. Hmm. They were all that. They were grueling. You know, but you know, the hardest thing about it was the fact that I was playing a criminalized teenager in the evening. Right. Uh, but by day, playing a, a gay hotel receptionist. Yeah. So they, used to fil- they used to pick me up from home. We'd film in Aston Clinton. Um, I'd camp it up. And then they'd drive me to the West End and I'd be a criminalized teenager from Hackney. Um, yeah. And you know what? Like I said to you, this was the life I wanted to live. Then, that's what I wanted to do. And you know what? It was, a, it was, a, it was an obsession. Yeah. And, and, and it probably became too much. Right. It probably became too much of an obsession. Such an obsession that truly nothing else mattered to me. And I really mean nothing. Yeah. I mean, I remember when we first did Hotel Babylon, we did the read-through. The day we did the read-through was the day of the 7-7 bombings. In wow. The, and where were, the bom- where were the bombings? Well, one of the bombings went off in Edgeware Road. Where was our read-through? At the Landmark Hotel in oh, Edgeware Road. Oh, wow. And I remember I heard it. We heard it. I thought it was roadworks. We all had to go into the gym under the hotel and take cover. Yeah. yeah? Wow. We all had to take cover during the read-through. I don't think we finished the read-through. And I remember they couldn't get us home because they couldn't get, it was a night. And I remember walking home from Edgeware Road to Golders Green, where I lived at the time. And you know what I was saying to myself on the way home? I was saying to myself, listen, if it's going to be World War III, let it be after Hotel Babylon has come out. <laughs> and I am not joking. I promise you now, I am 0% exaggerating. I was repeating that mantra to myself all the way home. I said, listen, yeah. we're all going to die. I think that's clear to see. Yeah. Please. Let my TV show come out, and then we can all hop off. It's okay. Wow. It's been a good life, and I'm not yeah. joking. That's how that's how pathological it became. I was 18 by yeah. the time. Wow, and that was my world. That was my life. Nothing wow. else. Nothing. Mean... Friends, nothing. Nothing. No. Just uh, wow. How how did you get over that? I don't. I I didn't. I haven't. Right. I haven't right. got. It's it's something you have to manage. Right. And I think it's something you have to be honest about and acknowledge as soon as you can. Uh-huh. I knew I was this way from about 14 or 15. I knew right. what was happening to me. Uh-huh. I looked at my friends who were around my age. I looked at my friends who were a bit older. And I didn't want to be like anyone. I didn't want to be like any of them. I didn't feel like I was missing out on anything. I had uh-huh. 0% FOMO. This was all I wanted to do. Right. And I felt incredibly privileged. Never mm. once did I think, you guys are beneath me. I just thought, I am the luckiest human being on earth. And I have to keep doing yeah. what I can to deserve this. Yeah. So if I'm exhausted, I'm working hard. If yeah. I'm filming during the day and on stage during the night, I'm working hard. 
And that was all that mattered. And let me tell you something now. My friends and my family saw this. They felt yeah, it's... I know this. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Mm. So, okay. Talk about Hotel Babylon. You, and you did the, the well-trodden path from Grangeville to EastEnders as mm. well. You did a few, a few bits of EastEnders. You did the Doctor Who. Okay, you were, Doctor. And you were in Misfits. Yes, um, did you have any superpowers in that? No. No. Which, which, which deeply saddened me. Which <laughs> deeply saddened me. Uh, yeah, I think I played a detective on that. And I was the only guy who didn't have superpowers. That, <laughs> oh, that no. Amazing. That was cool, you know. I remember when we were filming it, I wasn't quite sure about it because I think it was it was quite low budget, especially the first few series. But um, I remember when it came out, I was, we were all like, wow, yeah. this is special. And if you look at what pretty much all the actors have gone on to do and yeah. the directors as, as well, yeah. um, an amazing, amazing group of actors. Yeah, that, that, was, that was quite ahead of its time, I thought. Yeah, brilliant, yeah. And then, then you moved on to uh, Casualty. As well, uh, where you played Lloyd, the nurse, and you were obviously you were with Amanda Mealing in that. Who, uh, you know, what a legend she is. But again, another Grangeville alumni as well. But she would go back and forth between Holby and, Ca- and yeah. Casualty. So whenever she was in Casualty, Casualty, we never crossed paths. Right. So I've never, I've never met Amanda. Oh, have you not? No. no never, wow. I didn't no, realize. I no, I don't know. Oh, I want to know if you were at the end of a Connie's there. You see, but well, obviously not. If you're not, a, <laughs> not that. No. I, I needed to ask you here about Snatch, the television series of Snatch, because I love the movie mm-hmm. of Snatch, but I was not aware genuinely until I read your your CV that there'd been a TV series mm-hmm. of Snatch, and obviously like Rupert Grint. Mark Warren, who was uh, turned up in Grangeville for a few episodes, uh, but like Stephanie, Stephanie Leonardis, who was an yeah. extra, who was an extra in Grangeville, and her brother Shane was uh, one of the regular characters. In yeah, Grangeville. he played oh. Josh. Was it that he played yes, Josh? He did. Josh? Yes, yeah, he did. yeah, yeah. Tama Hassan, Dougray Scott, mm. and Lucian. Lucian Lavis County also turned up in in Grangeville when it moved, of course, yeah. as well. Yeah, and then. Just moving on a little bit more, I need to ask you about RoboZuna. <laughs> Can you explain what RoboZuna is? <laughs> RoboZuna is about this boy who has this robot that he enters into these these kind of like fighting games. It's like Robot Wars, basically. Yeah. It's really good. Yeah. It's really, really good. It's an American cartoon on Netflix. And I voice a couple of the characters. I voice Chike. And I play his dad as well. Right. And um, brilliant, brilliant. Uh, any act- no- let me tell you, all the actors, any actors listening to this, get yourself into voiceovers and try and try and do animation because it yeah. is the best. It's yeah. incredible. So fun. Brilliant, brilliant. And you've also, speaking of that, you've done Kitty Cats as well. You do voice on there. But I do want to talk to you because I know you've done, you, you, you know, you've branched out into writing. And directing as well, and you've done a couple of bits like Superstar and uh, Car Marcus. Is that what it was called? Yeah. Car Marcus. yeah. So I, I ask people as you do the writing. When you write stuff like that, are you writing those parts for yourself? Is yeah. it you saying, right? I am doing this bit. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. But I tell you what. What's really interesting is when you write something and you're not writing it for yourself. Because I've written a TV series, and uh, we're going to try and get that made. And um, I. I may be in it, I right. may be in it, but I never originally wrote it for me to be in it. Wow, right, okay. And, and I think that made it better. 
Me uh -huh. writing it without myself in mind made it better, or at least a better experience. Because you can write more freely. You have more of an aerial view. And, and, and I found myself loving all the characters and caring for all the characters equally and seeing myself in all the... And when I, when I say see, in the female character, it doesn't matter to me. I could see myself in all the characters. Um, so it's a more enjoyable experience from my perspective when I'm writing, not imagining myself in it. Right, so, okay. Brilliant. Yeah, yeah brilliant. Because I always say, you know, uh, when you are, you're acting and writing and directing, is it just because... <laughs> You're going to get three wages. <laughs> you, know, listen, you know, this game is so insane. You know, you dream of parts and sometimes you think maybe those parts aren't going to come your way. So you say, listen, I'm going to pick up a pen and write. And that's what some of the best writers, uh, yeah. you know, that's how they started. Or even some of your favorite actors, you know, yeah. that's why it's a very American model, you know. Yeah. Producing and making your own work, you know. Brilliant. And then we talked about Snatch be in the series from a movie, but you're also in the series of Sexy Beast, mm. which is the, uh, you know, the, uh, was it was it Ray Winston? Was he yeah, in the film? The, yeah. Have you yeah. seen the movie? Now, yeah. do you know what? It's one of those ones I've caught bits of, but never actually see, seen all of it. Like, and that's, is that on at the moment? Or is it being? It's on at the moment. Yeah. 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 Plus, yeah. Paramount so you, plus, you play Dutch mm. in that one yeah, as well. Yeah. Porn star. No, right. Okay. Fair enough. Did you have to do much research into that one? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. And it's very difficult because you know you have to pace yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> um, so we talked about your writing, but you also not just writing films. You you've written books. I've written two novels as well. Yeah. How how does that come about then? The first one, Black Shoes, started out as a script. Right. Um, and uh, I wrote that I started writing that when I was about 19 right. maybe it came out when I was 22 or something uh -huh. um, and I remember just in that three year period writing it and uh, trying to get it made and I was in Hotel Babylon at the time and right. it was the first time when I realised having a profile really really helps because right. I couldn't imagine the people that were taking meetings with me Yeah, meetings that would probably be be hard to get now you know off the back of Hotel Babylon, uh, which was amazing. And um, in the end, it was, wasn't was going in the direction I wanted it to. We're really struggling. So I just started readapting it into a book. Right, I, love, okay. I love books. I've always read books. I read two books at the same time. I think I read a book. I, re I read a book every day, I think. Yes. I don't, I don't, I'm never not sort of. Um, so it just came naturally to me. Loved it as a book. Yeah. Published. So, yeah. Brilliant. That's marvellous. Okay. Well, Michael, we are coming towards the end of the interview now. And I'm going to end with the same five questions that I always end every episode with. And they're all Grange Hill related. Cool. Okay. So, there's been talk recently of a Grange Hill movie in the works. Phil Redmond, you know, is writing there. Kellen Jones, who was in Grange Hill, is uh, involved. And Sarah Sugarman, who's in Grange Hill, is going to be directing it. What do you think of the idea of a Grange Hill movie? I think it's fantastic. Brilliant. I think Brilliant. it's an absolutely wonderful idea. I think Grange Hill is, is, is the most iconic school show in the history of Britain. Uh -huh. I think it, it changed the game. It opened doors for so many people such an important part of people's lives yeah. at a time when there's none of this streaming stuff going on. 
when you're getting millions of people. And it's a beautiful thing because they're all watching it at the same time. Yeah. That's what we miss today. We miss that sense of community where we're saying, oh my gosh, everyone's watching this. And you talk about it every day. Everybody's talking about the next day at school. Yeah. Now it's a watch along, it's a tweet along, social, you know, yeah. people are watching everything on, on, in the, on their own time. And also as well, it's more disposable now because yeah. there are just so many avenues. Things from back then aren't disposable. There are no, there's no show that we're watching now we're going to be talking about in 10, yeah. 10 20 years time. That's just not how we consume media no. anymore. That's fine. That's just the way it's gone. But 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 there isn't that. So Grainshaw is is a product of its time. Yeah. You know? Um. So I think it's an absolutely brilliant idea. I hope it's marketed properly. I I think if it's put together properly, people yeah. would be people are going to be very very excited. Honestly, I I I truly believe that. I think brilliant. It's a wonderful idea. Yeah. And and if you were asked. Would we see a return of Max Abassi or even the ghost of Max Abassi if he didn't survive the fire? Would we see a return? If if they <laughs> were to write a sensible storyline for him, a good storyline for him, without yeah. a shadow of a doubt. Brilliant. Without a shadow of a doubt, I would do it. I can I can tell you now, hand on heart. I would say now, the last few years, I look back on things like that and I'm so proud yeah. to have been involved. I feel truly truly privileged to have been involved in that um and i think there's a thing amongst actors where maybe sometimes one doesn't want to look back and you want to move forward and you want to move on to the next thing um and i get that and i would say that was probably part of my attitude for a long time yeah but sometimes i just sit back maybe it's being a dad maybe it's what we all went through during the pandemic or over the last i don't know and i just go you know what what a ride what yeah. a ride something I would never want to erase from my history and I would absolutely be involved if, if everybody behaved properly. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. Okay. So then other than Max Abassi, who was your favorite character in Grange Hill? That was a great question. Um, <laughs> well look, I, I know that I remember before I joined it, I can't remember his character, but I remember knowing Sean Maguire was a big star. Tags, yeah. I remember, but I don't even know who he played. But yeah. I just remember his name and yeah. always seeing his image. I remember um, th there was a guy who was in a wheelchair in Grangeville. Dennis, Alan, Alan Cave. Dennis, him. yeah. Him. I yeah. remember he was really, I remember he was cool. I remember thinking, oh, he's cool. Yeah. Um, and I remember there was a guy who was at Grangeville who, he was involved in that storyline where Judy fell from the fell from the balcony, and you've got um, Wayne Sutcliffe, and you've got he was like a bad guy. He Alec. looked, he, looked, he kind of looked like Tom Cruise. Right, okay. Do you know who I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah. So there yeah, was yeah. Alec, uh, played by Tommy Carey. It was him. Yeah. Was it Tom? But no, but he was he had a London accent. There was another guy who had a uh, uh, a Scottish a Scot fella. Yeah, not him, not right. the Scottish guy. Yes, that was Sean. So that was the Scottish guy was yes, Sean, right? Was Sean and Alec was the other fella, yeah. Alec, I think I I think I thought he was cool. Right. And I remember one time I was sitting down knackered, and it was around the time I was filming all the stuff where they stole my tuba and they threw it in the in the <laughs> canal. And I remember him saying to me, Oh, you must be really tired. You're doing a great job. I remember him saying that to me. Wow. I was about maybe 10 or 11, and maybe he was, I don't know, 19. 
Yeah. You know, he seemed like such a man at that yeah. age. I remember thinking, ah, oh, and he was just, I remember him just always being really, really nice to me. Yeah. And I just thought he looked cool. And, you know, maybe if yeah. I'm in it, in the, in the sixth form, I could try and be like him or something. Yeah, <laughs> brilliant. So then, and so then you, you, you mentioned this very, very early on about the audition that you went for. But if you couldn't have played Max, was there another character then that you would have liked to have played? No. Right. No. No. I, think, I think I remember when the season went on and um, I would see Ian's character develop. Um, and it was acting, so you do it. But yeah. I, think, I think I was happy that I wasn't playing a bully. I yeah. think so. I think so. I'm sure if I was playing a bully, I would have loved it and ran with it. But I think there was a part of me that was like, oh, this is cool. Because, yeah. because the character was very different to how I was at school. Right. Yeah. So how real the character at school, my yeah. real school was, I'm sure it was, some of it was my personality. But like I said, a lot of it was survival. So I was really, yeah. I was a very, very tough guy at school. But my character in Grainshaw was not. Yeah. And I loved that duality. I yeah. loved it. <laughs> Brilliant. Okay, then. So the final question. Michael, is why do you think then there is still such affection for Grange Hill? Well, for everything I said about it uh, being something that we would all watch at the same time, it was ahead of its time. There was nothing like it on at that yeah. time. Um, I think that I think that the, the 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 kids were really talented. I mean, maybe I'm not sure how well it's aged if you watch it back, but I just remember thinking it looked like a school. It looked like Grange Hill was was the nation's school. Kids would watch it and probably feel like it was another school. They would come home from school and go to their other school, you yeah. know, and you're part of that. You're making memories for them. And also as well, quite a few people from Grainshaw went on to have a career, you know. So there's that kind of thing of you see people grow. And I think I think some people kind of like that. Um, I think I think there's nothing like it now. But then at the same time, I do remember when Waterloo Road came out. Uh -huh. um, and there was something called hope and glory a few you know a few years yeah. before lenny henry um yeah. so they they definitely had some goes at other schools um other school shows but grange was the original yeah. you know it's the thing that would always be competitive you know there was biker grove and all that kind of stuff but it's grange man it was yeah. you know um i just think it was the timing i don't think it's not possible to have a moment like that again. We, you know, you could do something and it would be a big show and it would be the buzzword for five days and then we move on to the other hashtag, you know? Yeah. Brilliant. Well, Michael, thank you so much for coming on. It has been a brilliant talking to you. Yeah, it really, really has, you know, not really just true. your stuff about Grain Jail, but also other things that you've done in the industry as well. It, 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 it really, really has been brilliant talking to you. So thank you so much for coming on and to anyone that's listening i'll speak to you next time cheers pleasure thank you thank you bye-bye